Welcome back to Everybody Mag, and now it's Everybody Mag Chat. And this is your boy, Rel, and as always, I'm happy that y'all tune in. I know it's been quiet for a little bit. It was supposed to be. It was the off season. But we back, I'm back, and I'm happy to be here with you. So, hmm, what's it been? What, what am I talking about today? I'm coming in to talk about some real shit. I've been wanting to have this conversation for a minute now, and I just feel like I need to record it because um, it's a conversation piece that I feel like is needed for the black millennial population. <clears throat> employment. I suppose the fuck I'm talking about. I'm talking about employment, right? And for us, there's a lot of angst, I'm going to put it, tied to employment, that I want to start to, I don't know, move away from, try to like figure out ways we get around it, provide uh, some tips, tricks, just insights to how we start to elevate ourselves through employment, right? There's this growing uh, sentiment around be an entrepreneur, be your own boss, We also have to recognize in that, though, that we may need at some point employees Um, and not every business is a sole, you know, entity, you know, operation and business. So what does that, you know, really mean? Like, you know, what does that uh, create that still creates an environment in which people have to be employed? And so... How do we, as niggas, as black people, uh, figure out, you know, how to do that in the most holistic and and realistic way uh, for us? And so I'm at this space where I'm like, what can be said? What needs to be done? Let's have the fucking conversation. So I'm going to relay some, you know, real life situations. Uh, take you through my some of my journeys, um, things that I've learned, uh, and share the insights and, and, and aspects around it. So where do I want to start? I want to start with, I want to start going back to college. Let's, let's go there. And I remember I was at this conference. And it was a NAPA conference. And the guy, I was like, I need some career advice. He's like, what's up? I was like, grad school or go work? He was like, yo, we'll get some experience, bro. He's like, at that point, you can go to grad school. He's like, somebody could pay for it. He's like, go get some experience. I was like, hmm. And, you know, that really weighed on me as I thought about going to law school. That, when I was fucking tired of school, like, I had realized, like, I had gone through from kindergarten through senior year of college, and I was like, nah, I'm good. And so, that, that for me meant, like, I'm gonna go get a job. And after college, it was like, you know, trying to find employment, it was little trash, it was high key trash. Um... I did get a job offer in Atlanta that I turned down. I realized I didn't want to live in Atlanta. Um, that's important, too. Is like living in, in certain specific uh, environments, um, you know, that's conducive to a healthy 
uh, work-life balance um, is important. And I think, you know, something that that goes uh, under-discussed in the whole employment process. Like, I know friends that have moved to other cities uh, for work. Um, you know, like, in terms of looking for another job and, you know, happening to, like, you know, find it there or jobs that have, you know, relocated um, in some cases, just like wanting to move to, to be in a new environment. And it's, it's created more holisticness for them um, in life. And so, um, you know, I encourage that to be looked at as an aspect because, like I said, I didn't want to live in Atlanta. Uh, I realized I was like, yeah. So, <clears throat> interventionally landed in a job. Um, that I felt like I could connect to some later, you know, point in life in terms of career. Uh, I've always said I didn't, I don't plan like I don't sit and like it's like oh, a five year plan. This is what it's going to look like. This is what I'm going to do. Um, I've just you know taken different things as they've come to me that have still you know been in the same vein of what I want to do. Like you know, in that sort of space. And, you know, just been open to it. So this opportunity presented itself. It was working, you know, with children and youth um, and around community development and shit. And so I got the job and I I remember, like I said, you know, at that point in time, you know, saying, OK, this is really going to connect to something down the line. Um, But it wasn't like, you know, directly in the. Uh, policy, community organizing, electoral campaign space um, that I had, you know, kind of, you know, government space that I had kind of been thinking about, you know, leaving college in terms of getting experience. And so when it came time to think about leaving, that was something, that was a real question I had started to ask myself was how do I uh, make what I've done here really transferable. And so the opportunity presented to run a program or to help run a program where I would have to, you know, help with some relationship building. And one of the specific tasks was private government partnerships, which is what I was tasked with. And so I really saw that as like, a key opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to add this to my my portfolio as a part of something I've done so that in the next year, when I'm really like on my, on my, I'm about to make this move, this is something that I can, you know, really hone in on as a part of the, the key thing that's going to, you know, sell me. That's just how I thought about it. Um, so I did that. And when it came time to leave, when I really started to say, okay, I want to go, that following year, it was that experience of building those partnerships that got me the, the, the next job, working at Planned Parenthood. And like I guess I didn't plan it like out. And so this big scheme, it was just literally as I started to think about it more about what I wanted to do next, as I was starting to get tired of where I was at, 
I was like, yeah, okay, I got to figure out how to get this done. So in some ways, uh, it's just taking, you know, a holistic look at, at the moment of where you're at and taking stock of, of where you are trying to go, um, you know, or where you want to be at. I remember it was somewhere in that time period. Uh, I got asked about a dream, you know, job title. I'll get into that in a bit. Uh, and, um, uh, and so that came up in my mind. And in that, there were, you know, just different lessons that I, I picked up. Or, and I don't say lessons, insights that I gained just about um, what I wanted. Like, that, that, that question did spark some different thoughts about what I wanted to do. I remember I took a weekend to think about it. Uh, I remember when I first was asked, I was like, I don't have anything. And then I gave something in the moment. I was like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to think about it. And I remember I, I took some time. I don't remember what the initial answer was. Um, in that moment, what I settled on was the the chief of staff of like the White House or uh, a government uh, administration. Um, I don't know how, how I feel about that shit now, to be honest with y'all. Uh, but in that moment, that's what it was. Uh, that was the dream title that I had. Cause it's like, you know, it aligned with how I saw, uh, just any sort of envisionment of, you know, me working, continue to working in this space was, you know, working along these parallels of community and government, um, as you know, that's where, I, what I had done, you know, thus far. So going back to that, uh, transition period that's what I honed in on in terms of locking in on how I was going to have to you know sell myself uh and I was able to you know get a role like I said that that really was geared towards uh my uh experience of building you know relationships in the Bronx um with different you know entities and organizations working in you know those different spaces and uh, something that I learned during that interviewing process was about making sure I asked for what I wanted in terms of salaries. I credit a black woman for telling me to ask what I know I'm worth. I want to get into Talking about salaries. We as black people, as millennials and those kind of behind us, we got to get comfortable talking about salaries. And the reason being is that it is what leads to the continued depression of salaries for other black and brown people. How? Why? Because historically, we've been in lower wage jobs. So when we try to make these transitions to more salaried, more higher earning jobs, we don't have any real context to put towards what we should be asking for 
and or should be anticipating uh, the, the salary ranges being. There's actually uh, legislation right now, at least in New York State and a couple of other places, uh, to make salary uh, range uh, transparency uh, a requirement on job postings. So they have to post what the uh, initial salary range would be. It, it's a great bill. I, I would encourage people to look up, look, look it up and support it. Um, but that's why we have to start talking about it because we don't have any sort of idea. So oftentimes, historically, we've been undercut significantly, significantly. It's what has led to uh, pay inequity when it comes to salaries, particularly for uh, black and brown women. And so we have to recognize that talking about salaries is is highly needed. And we're referring friends to jobs. If we worked in that role before or if we work in that role currently, we got to share what we're making. It's okay. It's okay. It is okay, my nigga. It's absolutely fine. So what? They know how, how much you make. To be honest with y'all, a lot of city, uh, and matter of fact, I know for sure in, in New York, uh, city and state employee salaries are public knowledge because it's taxpayer money that funds you. So if you or anybody that works for the city or the state, people can find your salary online right now anyway. People that work in the private sector, there's a little more uh, information available, you know, that can, you can try to gauge salary ranges. But it's in that range part that, again, we're disadvantaged. And it's just like, it's wild that, you know, we we have not, you know, broken out of that part of the cycle and, and treachery of it all. Because, again, it's only depressing our wages even further. Uh, there's a good episode of Insecure Shouts to that final season where Molly, you know, finds out she's making less than her white counterparts. And it's just wild. And it's just like... Uh, you know, those sort of situations exist. Uh, I remember once um, a, a colleague of mine got upset that I accidentally opened a check. It was, it was all, honestly, it was all by accident. But it was like, it was wow. And I'm kidding, I mean, it's a little more, more private information than that shit, but it was like, completely accident. And I feel like that's based off of like, people like caring about what somebody else makes. It's just like, I get it, I get it, but no, it's like, it's not that, we, we, like, no. That sort of preaching around, you don't talk to other people about your salaries, comes from a, a place of, one, us not having money. So, no, we broke, we poor. No one tells them how much we make it. And then, two, in the workplace, is so that you don't find out you're making less than your other counterparts. There's an episode, there's a scene in, um, what is that, uh, what's that shit that was on them? Where he finds out he's making less than his, uh, other white engineers, co-work colleagues. And so that we don't find out that shit. And so, in that space, she was like, yeah, I wouldn't pay you that much if I hired you. This just so happened there was a freeze. So, I ended up taking a role 
where the salary was uh, less than what she was offering. Um, but there, it was still a opportunity. It was still a growth opportunity. It was a pretty parallel move salary-wise. Then we was getting a little bit more money. Uh, I eventually actually got a bump while there. Uh, that was due. And uh, haha, why voting is important? Because the bump came as a result of the Obama administration changing the rules, some rules around salary requirements and shit. So my job, they tried to throw some shade and tried to like finagle some shit where they wasn't going to have to. But uh, this is why it's important to share salaries. This is why exactly why it's important to have conversations. Because in separate meetings, they told different people about salaries. They did bring, you know, different people together as groups and shit. Um, Because, you know, niggas was on the same level and shit. But there were some other separate conversations that happened. And it was like, had not it been shared, niggas might have got fucked over. Niggas might not have caught the bump. Crazy part of it, I, I, crazy part, I think it was male shit. This is the male privilege. Because I would have I still caught the bump initially. It's wild. Um, after I, I, I bitched about it. But after that, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But then some other people, they were trying to, like, not. And like I said, it was because niggas decided to talk about their salaries. That every, that, not everybody. More people. More people definitely uh, did than they originally had, you know, intended on it. And it really created more space for people to start to uh, talk about the things internally at an, an employment and work environment that were essential to creating a more holistic, you know, work space for them while they're there and then add to, you know, increasing, you know, work-life balance and shit. And so I'm happy, you know, for that. And so in that, uh, I really, really don't get more money. And that's what the goal is, honestly. Even if you're, you know, not trying to be entrepreneur, you go through an employment. Because uh, it's okay. Um, so, from there, um, I bounced around for a couple different places. And what I want to talk about next is part of the relocation process. Because in a couple of instances, um, I uh, sought out relocation opportunities for work. And what happened? The first time, the opportunity fell through. And... uh, they were sending my offer. Wild shit. I don't want to get into that. I want to get into the process of how you go about like trying to set yourself up to get that opportunity there in different places. 
So the first challenge sometimes is your address on your resume. Um, take that shit the fuck off. Take the shit the fuck off. In this 2021 age, nobody needs their address on their resume. Nope, nope, nope. You don't need it. Don't ask me why you don't, because you just don't. You don't need it serving no purpose. It was available back in the day when, when Mira's resumes were sent through the mail. <laughs> we don't do that shit anymore, so there's no need. All you need is your telephone number. Your email address, if you want to put your LinkedIn, your short link there, you can do that. But you don't need anything more than those three. Uh, and your name, of course. So take your address off your uh, email, from your resume and cover letter. Uh, and that's essentially because, you know, one, um, some jobs just, you know, they run their uh, applications through a filter. And sometimes the filters just may be more just by default set to geographical locations. Um, additionally, you know, some jobs, you know, in the, the, the process of just not thinking about or thinking potentially or thinking about potentially, you know, salaries and shit cost, um, you know, may weed out candidates in that manner. Um, and you know, you don't want to cancel yourself out while not all jobs may up front, you know, uh, talk about relocation and assistance, um, that's something you can talk about and inquire about, you know, during the interview process versus not having an interview process for a job. Um, so take it off your resume. Um, so, yes. Off of your resume. If the application is uh, requiring a uh, an address... Just find an apartment building and a location. Ask a friend that you know lives in the area for their, you know, can you use their address for jobs? Uh, but take it off your resume. I know some applications do ask. Um, again, there's workarounds. Just find an apartment building. Make up uh, an address. They're not going to send you nothing off rip. I don't actually know why they, they still require it on, on applications. Like some applications really do be required you to give your address. And I've never understood it. Um, it's quite, quite odd, but they do. So like I said, the solution is, uh, if it needs to be given for the application, not your resume or your cover letter, like I said, take that shit the fuck off, uh, find a generic apartment building somewhere near, put a, you know, put zero, zero one, uh, stay apartment if you need to, or ask a friend that lives in the area, use their address, simple shit. Um, and that's really it. That, that's really it to, to overcoming the barrier. Uh, there's more to be said on how do you, you know, have some of those conversations? How do you know um, you are, you know, setting yourself up, uh, you know, properly and appropriately for relocation? I'm actually going to engage in a conversation with someone uh, on another episode about that specifically. Um specifically around alternative or in alternative career areas. So, uh, yeah, definitely stick around for that aspect of it. But in terms of overcoming the challenges around your resume, it simply comes down to just taking your fucking address off. Um, and in this day and age, there are a lot more jobs that are remote, hybrid, and paying for a relocation. So, uh, you know, look into, you know, those sort of opportunities because they do exist. Okay, where are we at? So, <clears throat> okay, so I got to the cover letters. 
my last note about taking your address off. So let's get into a couple letters. They are trash. I honestly don't know why most employers still ask for a cover letter because I don't know too many hiring folks who actually read the cover letter because I know myself I traditionally do not, which is one reason why I would like to do away with them, which is one reason why in my current hiring process, I have, I've asked for a writing sample up front versus just giving me a fucking cover letter. Um, I previously required my staff to uh, ask questions, like provide three structured, guided questions that the person can answer in their cover letter. Some jobs have started to do this. Um, some jobs have started to do this where they, they put questions that, you know, you can answer in your cover letter. I think that's a way better approach than just asking someone to provide a cover letter that talks about their experience. Uh, because these job descriptions are written very, very vaguely. Uh, and you don't oftentimes know what the specific area and inquiry, you know, the person, the, the organization or company is looking for. So you are just here left blind to fucking write a cover letter about what? Like twiddle your thumbs? Is that something you're interested in? Do you, do you I really want to hear this in the cover letter? And I've, I've seen in different spaces and different like articles that are around where, you know, people have... Uh, <clears throat> where people have, uh, you know, written different odd shit in their cover letters. And it's interesting because, you know, sometimes, you know, that might be what cracks up a, a hiring manager. But traditionally, I don't, I haven't, and I haven't talked to too many folks who mentioned where they read cover letters. Um, I remember one time as a cop, as an intern at a place I was working while I was in college, they asked me to look through the job applications and decide, come up with a pile that I liked and, and didn't like. I was like, the fuck? I did it. There was like, you know, the, 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 we, we give preference to the ones who follow the, the, the rules of the request and actually uh, included a cover letter. But he was like, you know, you don't have to look through the, the read through them. Just, you know, figure out there's a lot here. There's a lot. So I initially did. The ones who provide the cover letter, I gave their resume, their resume, just their resume a first look. That was it. I mean, at the end of it, when I decided, okay, like, I had to come, I, I forgot how many I needed to come up with, but as I was looking to do, to make sure, like, I got the best ones, I, I do know that after I had looked through the ones with the cover letters, I looked through the ones without the cover letters, and then I went back through, and the ones who had the cover letters, uh, I, I went through to read some of their stories to kind of figure out whether I should kind of give them a, a chance, and that's what the cover letter kind of is there for. But again, in most cases, it's not being read. So, like, if it is getting read, uh, and opportunities where it is getting read, it, it, it should be, I believe, something that, that speaks to who you are trying to show this job you are and how you would be in that sort of role and capacity. And, and most times, the job description, when they ask for the cover letter, doesn't give you that guidance. And I know that I've been, I know I've been complimented on my cover letters um, that I've written for jobs. Like that has been, you know, positive, some of the positive feedback that I've gotten. Um, so much so it's like, you know, I remember one time, you know, being told like, you know, your cover letter, your resume was good. That, you know, we had closed our, our, our first round of, we had completed our first round of, of hiring. Um, but, you know, we saw yours and we really wanted to, you know, to get you, give you an interview. Ended up getting that job. Um, 
but I recognize like everyone may not, you know, be, you know, excited to write a cover letter. Um, and so it, it should really speak to who you are um, and what your abilities are and will be for that role. And so they don't really give that guidance. And so I really wish that uh, jobs would do away with them or at least, you know, create a space to where they were, they're more guided, um, you know, and allow candidates to really hone in on what they should be saying versus a bunch of fucking fluff. So <clears throat> let's get into some tips on, on, on cover letters. Let's, let's see what that is, should say. Right? So cover letters, I feel like, being that they are, you know, oftentimes asked for, they should serve a purpose, right? They should, they should for me, they serve as my guide for how I'm about to flow through this entire interview process is when they give me an interview, okay? So, like, how I'm envisioning this as I'm typing this cover letter, like, the story that I'm telling is the story that I'm going to pretty much, you know, lock in on through the interview process. I'm going to keep coming back to that story. I'm going to keep coming back to those key moments that I mentioned in my cover letter. Uh, I write different aspects of the cover letter, you know, to give differentiation depending on the job. There's certain parts that are just that are stale in the sense that they, you know, it always reads like that. Um, pretty much like how I introduce myself. Um, like I just, you know, change the job title in that first sentence, um, the organization, um, maybe change a couple key phrases in like the other sentences. But the first, like, you know, paragraph largely stays the same. And it's in the second, you know, and third paragraph that gives more like the like context of what I want to say. But even in there, even in there, there's certain parts of those, you know, paragraphs that are just, you know, constructed to just always sit that always just highlight certain, you know, key, you know, abilities that I know are needed for the work, um, you know, relationship building, you know, community, uh, communications, community organizing, uh, you know, being able to drive, you know, projects and shit like that, supervising, management, discretion and stuff like that. Those key aspects are there. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll update, you know, how I talk about it a little bit, depending on the role in those, you know, other sentences and whatnot. And then the closing, you know, is largely the same. Change, you know, the company name, the role again there. Uh, but, you know, that's pretty, you know, generic or standard. However, the parts that I'm editing, that I'm changing for the job, reflect how I want to, how I want my interview to be. Because the thought process there for me is when you give me this interview, it was what I, what, what you saw in my resume and potentially if you read my cover letter, I think they read cover letters once they decide, you know, once they get ready to start interviewing, you know, to kind of get your backstory. That's when they re really read cover letters. I mean, as you want to prepare for this interview, that's the prep work, but in the selection process, fuck out of here. Um, and so, like, the shit that I said there is the shit that you liked about me. It's the things that you want to hear more about. So I'm not going to I'm not gonna deviate, you know, away from them holistically. I'm going to mention those. I'm going to reference back, you know, how I, you know, mentioned it in my cover letter. As you can see on my resume. Da -da -da. Another, you know, the time, you know, in compliment to or, you know, in addition to that time, you know, as I said on my resume, or as I said, you know, there before, you know, I, I hone in on those things and just continue to add other opportunities. Um, I'm going to get into this, you know, the latter end, but I, I, I remember saying to myself, 
during this time period uh, that I was off and looking for a job um, around, you know, my cover letter, you know, being, you know, how I'm going to, you know, set it up. I was like, I really, you know, that's the game plan that 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 serves as, you know, how you 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 manipulate an interview, how you want it to go for yourself. And I, I, I said specifically that, you know, for the most part, when when I've gotten, you know, past the first round, I'm often a final contender. And, and in most places, I've gotten an offer. Um, and so I big up myself on that because that's how I've been, you know, been able to stay employed and, and, and stay employable. Um, and that's something that's key um, to talking about, like, this employment conversation. It's about how we stay employable, right? And it's about being able to adapt to, you know, what's out there and, um, you know, how the job search process goes. So one of the key things that we do have to know and understand is that, uh, in in some places, uh, there's an algorithm sifting through a resume. So it's not even a person looking for you, looking at it. So then you have to adapt again to how what you're saying on your cover letter and in your resume. Like those tips about jargon words, that shit true because the, the algorithms are set to like look for those jargon words. So as you're, you're in your, your cover letter, that's the shit you should be talking about. Figuring out what the jargon words are. Like, and this is more reason why I feel like, you know, employers should really be given more guidance to how their cover letters are. However, these are some more tips that you can have, like, you know, that you should know uh, in the interim. And even still, once that's guided, because, you know, there's still likely going to be a fucking algorithm sifting through your resume in your cover letter. So it is what it is there. We got to, you know, know how to play the game in a way that, that it actually is benefiting us. That it's like we're succeeding from it all. And so know that like know that that that's how you're you're delivering you know who you are yourself to that space and and talking about you know what you can do and and presenting it to them in that manner <sighs> okay so let yeah let your resume your cover letter be your guide it should be the guide <sighs> staying employable Jargon words allow you to get your foot in the door in terms of the interview. Why are you interviewing now? You're interviewing to get a job. One thing I want to talk about, though, as employee, we're talking about in terms of employable and getting a job is it's okay. And we should be looking for jobs more frequently because it's how we are staying employable. The opera, like the, the process may suck. And that's why I'm having this conversation here in this space and dropping hopefully some tips and gems to help alleviate some of these angst around it. But it's why we we, 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 we need to be doing it. It's because it, it, it down the line, you know, 20, 30 years from now, you know, as different, you know, changes are happening. We need to have a multitude of skills and a variety in our backgrounds so that, you know, as, you know, there's ebbs and flows in, in the economy and, and in shifts in society and shit, we can still come back to the table and say, yo, I can do this. I have this previous experience that allows me to, to, to transfer, you know, skills into different areas. And that's what I, I, I feel like I've been able to do in my different career opportunities. 
I've served in different aspects. I'm now a director, um, you know, for uh, a civil legal defense organization. This is not my first time as a director. I've been a director going back to 2016. Heck, it's not my first time as a supervisor, though. So I've been able to, to mold and, and develop and grow um, as, as I've as the world has changed and as different opportunities have presented themselves, I've gone and just reached after them, you know, based off of, you know, where I saw myself in that moment or where I was thinking about going. And that's how we got to stay employable. So it's okay to, to be switching jobs. Like that, that mindset of like, oh, you stay somewhere 20, 30 years for the longevity. That's cool. In certain spaces, that still holds true. If you, you know, you got a pension job, a union job, you got an opportunity where, you you know, you you work for the city or the state, federal government, where they have these, you know, do 20, 25 year programs. I think they're now 25 and 30. So you work there 25 years. You're at least like 50, 55. You can retire, uh, work there 30 years. Same shit. Like, you know, 50, 55. Maybe that might be like 55, 60 now, but retire. I get the longevity there. But for those of us that don't work in those spaces, uh, it's it's not serving beneficial to us. It's not leading to greater opportunities, um, you know, in terms of the work. Uh, it's not leading to more supervisory uh, aspects for folks who have those, in, you know, endeavors or as, uh, prospects for themselves. Uh, it's not leading to overall growth in our, our salaries. Uh, not switching jobs uh, has led to a depression in salaries. One of the key things that's talked about uh, when you go into like grow, career development, you know, workshops and programs that I, I know I've heard in, in different spaces, uh, not all, but different spaces, has been about uh, how much you ask for when you, when you switch jobs or, or what you're looking for in terms of switching jobs. And on average, you're looking for about a $10,000, you know, increase in salary, because that's really where you start to see the difference in your check. We'll have another conversation about, uh, you know, understanding, you know, check differentials and breakdowns in a different episode. But that's really where you start to see a differentiation in check. It's only at about the 6,000 mark do you start to see like, uh, you know, more where it's like, oh, like it's impacting. Um, prior to that, everything else is just like on a wash of taxes. To be quite honest, like it's 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 not a, it's not a lot. Like it's it might be a couple dollars more, and yeah, you could say well every dollar counts. But again, that comes from just like you know traditionally not having money. But if you're looking for you know a salary bump where you can start to feel you know the increase of this uh, you know additional salary and how it can impact your life, you know it, it really isn't until you get to about the ten thousand dollar mark do you really start to get it in terms of increasing overall like or continuously consecutively. And so, uh, it's it's necessary that we we be comfortable, uh, in this space. And so it begins with the cover letter. It begins with, you know, us uh, getting comfortable with that. And I think, you know, first and foremost is utilizing it as uh, utilizing it as the, the roadmap for how you're going to, you know, plan out the interview process. Interview process. Whew. All right. So 
I'm gonna get into right here. Like this, the this the story. I'm and I might put out a book, thirty pages or less. I'm about to take over that fucking market. Not gonna have that honestly, if y'all want. But um, I think the market would do well for thirty pages or less books. Um, so that's available for whoever want to take it, whoever listens to the shit. Um, we can have a healthy competition if I ever decide to write this book. Um, anybody want to be a ghostwriter? Uh, hit me. No, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Like, somebody hit me. Um, so yeah, like, all right. So, took the last 10 months off before I went back to work at the end of August. And I I had to think about whether it was a smart move in terms of going back to work. A lot of thoughts went through my mind. It's a penny. Uh, you know, um, the work that you're doing, you know, it, 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 it's in the moment. So like, you know, taking time off, you know, you can do it. You've done it before. Um, but like, you know, would it be the wisest right now? Just like with everything going on. And I said to myself, I said, nah, I really still want to take this time off. So I said, I'm going to do it. And, you know, trying to, you know, find a job, you know, stuck in my mind after the first, you know, half of it, uh, after the first part that I had, you know, just paid up front in that time period where I, where I had said, okay, this was my initial time period I was going to take off. When that came to, you know, time and it was like, all right, my initial, like, all right, it's your time, you know, this is the moment to start looking for a job. I was like, all right, damn. One, I don't know if I'm ready to go back off to it. So I was just like, I'm really enjoying this time off. And I had job opportunities too. I definitely did. And there's one, like, I, I don't at all regret not taking a job opportunity at all. Um, but I think about it, and in the space that I'm in, it'd be really interesting to have uh, done it. Because um, it, it just would have, it's, it's something inside. But uh, it'll just been really interesting to have done it. Uh, and so... I had job opportunities that were, you know, available to me. And that was a double entendre. Uh, and so I recognized, you know, in that moment, I, I could have been making, you know, this process a lot harder on myself because here were, you know, opportunities to work, um, good opportunities too, to be honest with you. Um, and that's why I said, it's like, just funny, uh, just to see where they could have, you know, gone. Um, but I was like, nah, I'm comfortable. So one, we gotta, again, we gotta be comfortable with the process because I'm comfortable with the process. Like I'm comfortable, you know, interviewing and, and searching for jobs at this point. So for me, it was just like, all right, nah, I'm, I'm not in the space where I want to go back to work. And that was good because... I really felt like it was going to be having the the, the, the clarity, the, the calm was going to be what allowed me to, you know, be employable in this moment to get, you know, find a job. And honestly, it then became something that I felt comfortable sharing, you know, in my interviews, because to me, that also, you know, spoke to what sort of environment that I wanted to be in. Again, going back to that. Um and that's where I'm going to end at, on the environment and shit. Um, and the environment and shit. So, um, and I, I feel like, 
But again, like this was this is the shit that I, I just was okay with in this space because I, I feel like I felt and realized like I had the clarity from taking the time off, um, you know, to kind of enter this space, knowing that like if that bothered, you know, you that I took the last 10 months off and I was comfortable sharing that, I didn't want to be there. Um, and you'll have that opportunity. Haha. That one was on the uh, that was at a relocation spot. And um, I was okay because I remember when I when I said it, it, it did hit the the interviewer a, a little shock. Um, but that was just the opportunity that I didn't you know wasn't for me. But what I was gonna say with it is that you know that was an opportunity that was, that was gonna pay pretty well, <laughs> pay pretty hefty. Um, and one could say, well, you know, why wouldn't you be on your P's and Q's when you know looking at those sort of opportunities? You got an interview for a job is paying. It's like again, like I said, that that wouldn't have been you know good for me because. You know, I, I was very sincere about telling you that I took this time off and then being entering now back this, you know, this job search process. But I'm sincere and ready to come back to work. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, here to show up to, you know, do the job. However, also recognize that if there's a day where I just don't got it, I'm going I'm going to tell you up front. And I don't need you to be like, well, the work, da da da. No, mm-mm, because if I'm not good, this work not going to be good. So if that's not something that they can receive, you know, as I'm talking to them about this, that's not a place I need to be at. It's so again, environment. Uh, so I felt comfortable and I shared it multiple times, multiple, multiple times in my interview process. Yo, this interview process here, I definitely took interviews high. And I don't give a shit. Like, I, I did it to challenge myself. I did it to see if I could do it. And I did it. Um, I moved throughout various interview processes, uh, having consumed prior to. And the reason I say this is because sometimes some people needed to relax. Some people, I don't, I didn't need it to, I just did it to see if I could do it. Like, if I could, if I could focus in, lock in, how I want to lock in for shit, uh, and, and get it done in that way. And I said, like, I did it. I did what I said. I put it on on A. Uh, And so that's how I felt. And yes. Um, And so it's okay. Be comfortable. Um, So in this time period, I I took time. And I said to myself, I wasn't going to rush looking for a job. and that's what I want to talk about now. It's like the search process. It may seem easy to apply for some of the jobs that we know like are in our, our, our reach. And I'm talking realistically in terms of salary right now. Um, or even sometimes, not even when it comes down to salary, maybe it's just like requirements. However, what we have to keep in mind when we're searching for jobs is, is the opportunities that we apply for are the only opportunities that we will have the opportunity to interview for, or we're giving ourselves the opportunity to interview for. So with that, we have to be applying for jobs that fit the salary requirements that we are aiming for, as well as the roles and responsibility duties that we are, are, we, we are seeking out. Because if we're not, then, you know, wherever we apply to is only just going to be, you know, as good as it gets. Somewhat like dating. You only date who comes to you. 
See how I make that work. Y'all don't believe all this shit is cyclical. Uh, anyway, so <clears throat> be applying for roles, like I said, that meet your salary, your uh, expectations, your, your your ranges that you're looking for, as well as the role, the duties and responsibilities of that role that you are trying to seek out with this sort of employment or search, this job search process. You have to. Like, I remember one time I was applying for jobs and I was like, all right, I've been a bank teller before. I was like, all right, I'm applying to be a bank teller. Uh, because I know, like, if they call me for the interview, I could get the job, you know, quick, uh, you know, put some money in my pocket. And I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. If you're in that situation, you got to put, you know, put some money in your pocket real quick. Cool. Again, that's, that's, that's not the situation we're talking about here. We're talking about once you got the situation where you're putting the money in your pocket and you like, oh, I'm ready to move on to the next shit. This, this is what you got to be doing. This is what this is how you gotta be doing it. You gotta make sure you're applying for the opportunities that you know you can reach. Not I'm sorry. Back with a little bit of that. Not the, not the opportunities you can reach. Go after the shit you feel like you can't reach. Go shoot for motherfucking stars. What I meant by that is go after the opportunities that you, you know you want because if you're not going after those, they're not in your reach. Uh, so that's what I meant by that. You gotta go, go for them shits because you gotta put them in your reach. And if you don't go for them, they're not in your reach. So I made sure that, you know, I was chill. I was, you know, spacing this out. I I said, you know, how long can I, I reasonably, you know, not go back to work for? And in that, I set, you know, just different markers for how I wanted to, like, elevate my process. Like, you know, at one point it was like, I'm applying for jobs like this frequently. Um, and then, you know, at some point I started getting interviews. So then it was like, all right, I'm, st- I'm getting interviews, but I'm not going to stop applying. Um, one of those, I think a couple of the initial ones, uh, I didn't get, one of the initial ones I wanted, I didn't get. I was, I was like, oh, I served as fuel, uh, for everything that came afterwards. Um, and in that, like, you know, different opportunities, like literally, I think, that one in LA, yeah, like I said, I feel like that was, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that because I don't want to bad mouth them. Um, but one of the ones that I, early on I didn't get, and I was, like I said, that that kind of fueled everything else. But then after that, like, you know, a couple more came in and it was just like, the kind of started hitting. Um, however, there were, like I set different points and markers for myself on, you know, like I said, how I would just, you know, increase the process or capacity, my own capacity to do this. Because uh, it's also about, you know, you apl- applying for jobs. Like, how many jobs are you applying for? And while that's a task in itself, it is it's a task. It's a job. It's, I understand. I get it. I get it. Uh, however, this is this is a part of the process that it does take, that it will always largely take to get a job and stay employable. And that's something we largely just have to also be comfortable with because that's something that we do have to do. Um, and so... I wanted to, you know, just take my time, uh, be at ease with it. And so I did. I said, like I said, markers for myself to do it. And in that, like, I could recognize my, my capacity. I could recognize how I want to show up to an interview. I could recognize that I could show up blazed. They ain't got to know. They didn't know. They enjoyed me. So much so that one of them was pissed off when I told them I was considering an offer. So it's like 
Grow comfortable with the process. Be applying for the jobs that you are seeking, really seeking. Not just like, oh, well, I'm looking for a new job and this is, you know, what I saw was out there. Uh, it don't really feel what I, what I really want to do, but it's a different job because I don't like my environment. I don't like where I'm at. And that's the other part. This job search process, like I said, I was real intentional about setting the tone about, you know, where I wanted to be at, um, the environment. I was really intentional about, I damn sure was not going back to nobody's office, no five fucking days out the week after not having been home for a lot, after having been home the last year and a half from a pandemic where people were working remotely. Companies were fucking posting record profits and want niggas to come back to the office five days out the week. You can kiss my ass. Um, and that's, like, honestly, it's all public, I, because honestly, like, we have to know, like, that, that we can we can require these things. I've had conversations with friends who work at different organizations, companies, senior folks, senior managers and directors and shit, talking about they're having hiring troubles because, you know, their office initially didn't have a hybrid policy coming out of, you know, the, the early stages of, of, of opening back up offices and, and out of lockdown, quarantine, whatever fucking people phrase it as. And I mean, a lot of jobs still haven't adapted well. You know, a ton of places that still talking about three, four days out the week. Like, you're mad. Mad. Two days. Two is what you get now in the office from anyone. Anybody asking for more, they need to pay up a little bit more. They need to provide a differential pay or something. We have to start requiring these things. Please. Like, go into your job search processes with this sort of mindset. Like, I'm not working in your office more than two days out the week. Three is real negotiable, debatable. Like, mm. it's very interesting because as a, as a senior person of an organization... I have to be mindful of these words. I'll be honest with y'all or them. Like two days is best. What what I would give you, like definitively, I tell them straight up like the same way. These are my thoughts. It's my sentiments. I side with the people who side with the two days. The people who are three days or more, we just had a difference, and we can figure out how to figure out this difference. But that's where I side at. So I'm be real. That's where I'm at. Um. And so I want to get into the environments that we are seeking out in terms of our employment. Um, it's important that these environments are are fruitful for us. And what I mean by that is recognizing like that we should be in spaces that we feel comfortable taking a sick day from. We need a mental health sick day. Put that right in the email. Mental health sick day. So that they know what it's about. And this pretty much is, I don't want to be contacted at all. Like, please, I need a break. I need a mental break from all of it. Don't. I don't want to think about it. Leave me be. Don't email me to ask me how I'm doing. Don't text me. Leave me be. Okay? And to be quite honest with y'all, to understand it even further, 
We don't have to provide any great context to any of our sick day emails. We don't have to provide, oh, I have a cold. It's not required by law. If it's required by your employment contract that you provide uh, documentation if you've been out a number of days, that is required by your contract of employment, which should be specifically outlined for you at the time of being offered your employment or, uh, you know, within your employee orientation. Uh, But it is not required by law to provide reasoning for your sick day, whether it's a sick day where you're you have a cold or a cough or you're feeling ill uh in terms of like a body like ache or something um or whether it be a mental health sick day uh you're not required to provide any reasoning whatsoever um beyond what's stipulated in terms of employment contracts around uh doctor documentation yep know that uh, so yeah, um, environments, they need to be holistic. And what I also mean by this is the racial shit. Like, racial, uh, in, in, in terms of understanding cultural competencies. And what that means in the workplace. What that looks like in, in real world situations where, uh, niggas are getting shot on camera or killed on camera, murdered on camera by white police officers and, and, and white men who just feel like black people uh, should just be stopped harassed and ultimately killed for being black. That's what we've seen for no other reason. Um, and so uh, there needs to be a cultural understanding of what those those things look like in real life. Like, stop with fucking fake-ass emails to staff when shit happens. Uh, Just say you ain't got no words. That's it. Like, we ain't got no words. We really don't know. And that's really all we got. Because we we, we are part of the problem. Y'all not going to say that last part. I'll never say that last part. However, they ain't got to say anything more than... We don't really got no words. Like, it shouldn't happen. We're not doing... Okay, they're not going to say this part either. Uh, we don't have any words. It shouldn't happen. Take time to just process if you need. That's what they should say. That's all they got to say. Period. Period. But yeah, that's the environments. And so we can't be working in trash-ass environments. Like, please, let's stop working in trash-ass environments. Like, they need to be able to respond to us and recognize, like, y'all, in those moments, it, it's it's painful. Like, during the pandemic, like, you know, where black and brown communities uh, were hit the hardest by a fucking pandemic in New York City. Uh, recognize, like, you know, niggas is having a hard time. When George Floyd was murdered on camera, like, niggas was having a hard time. Uh, when Christian got harassed in the park and and was threatened by calling the cops and clearly it was just like some switch like oh I'm gonna tell this to him I'm being threatened I'm a white man white woman being threatened by a black man like oh like like that's that's taxing so no niggas is not showing up in the same ways and jobs need to understand it off a of rip 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 so as we are seeking out 
uh, environments. We have to be comfortable being upfront about these being the things that we need and we want. We have to... So, got cut off by the... I'm about to get out of here, though, with this shit right, with this shit right here, though. But we gotta be comfortable. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get comfortable with the whole process, I and mean, you gotta be asking, you know, for these sort of things in the process because these are gonna be the things that allow us to step into work environments and then be environments where they're healthy and they're holistic. They're not oppressive. They're beneficial. So I'm actually going to take you out through that once more. They're healthy, they're non-oppressive, and they're actually beneficial to us. They're not just beneficial as in we have a job. That's not the benefit. At that point, we are also a benefit to the organization, so that's equal. That's not a benefit. What I mean by benefit is they're giving us capacity in terms of, of, of income and wealth. They're allowing us to have purpose in our role, beneficial. They're developing us into a more of a holistic uh, employee and and professional and person. The job should be doing that. You spend a ton of time at work. And so your work environment should, should be providing that to you. Should be doing those things for you. So grow comfortable asking for these things in your interview process, in your job search process. Heck, in some cases, you know, they ask, you know, sort of this information on on the application. It's okay to mention it if it's asked for. If it's asked for, outside of the address shit. Like, if they asking, are you comfortable relocating? Yeah, that's where you put it. That's where you put it. If they don't mention it, like, don't put it in there. It's not like you, again, you try to just make sure you open yourself up to the opportunity. School, school, school. So, again, be asking for all this shit in the process. I'm pretty sure uh, I left some tidbits out. I know I did. So, I really want this to be a gateway for niggas to ask questions. Um, this 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 conversation has been one that I've been wanting to have for a while, but meaning to put it together for a minute. This is there's something else coming to it around communications. There's more uh off season shit coming. Insecure is back. Uh but um wanted to have this conversation for a while. So it's here. And with that, I want to try to ask questions. So send that shit in. Send your questions in. Um, email everybodymadpod at gmail.com. IG, Facebook, everybodymadpod. All major podcast platforms, everybody mad. The first two is how you get in contact. Send the questions. I really want this to be an open space. Like, share with your friends. Like, I, I think this was a dope conversation I just had with niggas. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I think it was a dope conversation. Um, but I know, like, I probably left some shit out, or, like, I'm pretty sure y'all got questions that, uh, I could answer about this, or just provide, you know, some sort of feedback on. Um, so, yeah, 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 send this around, make sure, like, we start getting this information out there, have conversations with y'all niggas about salaries and shit, talk to y'all niggas about that, um, 
Let your friends know when there's jobs opportunities available. Be begging them up. Be a referral. Like this whole process nonsense. Like, well, what did they go there? Like, oh, 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 they did, and and the job to, that was them. Get next by fuck up. Um, like shit happens. Uh, so yeah, be referring your friends to jobs. Um, I'm get the fuck out of here. Uh, but uh. I appreciate y'all as always. Please share this shit. Make sure y'all ask questions. Um, I'm going to come back in a couple weeks with some more on this shit. Because we need to be talking about this shit. Along with the communications and what that means. Dialogue. Dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Y'all, I'm out of here. Peace.